In a world of uncertainty, one thing is for sure. Cancer doesn't stop during a global crisis. On Saturday, June 13th, the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, LLS, will host a trailblazing event, Big Virtual Climb, sponsored by AbbVie, to support their investment in groundbreaking research to advance blood cancer cures and its first-in-class patient education and services, including financial support and clinical trial navigation. Step up to take cancer down by climbing 61 floors or 1,762 steps. Inside or outside, on stairs, on the road, or your treadmill, climb your way. Join us for an opening ceremony and then take on your climb with our heart-pumping playlist. Join us on June 13th from coast to coast as we come together to climb, conquer, cure. Register at lls.org slash bigclimb. Good afternoon and welcome to the No Dunks podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Thursday, June 4th. We got the whole crew on the horn. I'm Skeets along with Tass, Trey, Lili, and the man making the magic happen, JD. And we got some big news to break down here, boys. In fact, oh, yeah, hold on. Yeah, we got a fax coming through. Oh, here it is. Trey, do you want to read this for us? Mm. The NBA is back! Yes, it is, baby. Or close enough. It's official. The NBA's Board of Governors have approved a 22-team format to resume the 2019-20 season in Orlando, Florida. According to Shams, Portland, the lone team that voted against the plan, and we can uh, well, we can get into why we think they voted that way maybe a little bit later. But first, the gist of the plan here. Training camp is going to get underway June 30th, and then the 22 teams that will head to Orlando will go around July 7th, though I'm seeing some reports July 9th or 11th, around that time. The season itself will start July 31st, where 13 Western Conference teams and 9 Eastern Conference teams will first play 8 regular season games, and then will possibly get a play-in tournament. And we decided earlier today with Dave Schilling on our film session podcast that we're calling that the Orlando-Florida Mega Bowl. We're locking that in. All caps locks. And then we'll get the playoffs. Okay, so you got the 8 regular season games, a possible play-in tournament, and then the playoffs, as normal, or as normal as possible with the playoffs, seven-game series. As for that uh, that proposed little play-in tournament, it's pretty straightforward, although when you read it, it looks sort of confusing. Lily, I have bad news. First off, the conferences are still intact, mate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay, so we're not, <laughs> we're not abolishing the conferences and just taking the top 16 and all that, whatever like that. It is still in play. If the ninth seed in either conference is more than four games back, then the eighth seed earns an automatic playoff spot. But if the ninth seed is four or fewer games behind, that's when we get the Mega Bowl. That's when we get the play-in, which is a single elimination for the ninth seed and a double elimination for the eighth seed. Again, translation with that, the ninth seeded team would have to beat the eighth seeded team twice in a row in order to have the honor of getting shellacked by the number one seed, be it the Lakers or the Bucks. So... 22 teams coming back. 16 current playoff teams when we uh, postpone the season. Their te- those teams are in. And then we got the Blazers, the Pelicans, the Kings, the Spurs, and the Suns out west. And the lone Washington Wizards out east. Fred Katz is back in our lives, baby. You gotta love it. So, lots more details to discuss here and a whole bunch of unknowns still, especially when it comes to uh, player and personnel safety. But Tass, overall, now that this is uh, 
Looks to be a go. We'll have the uh, NBA Players Association and the Players Union. They're going to okay this very likely tomorrow. But what do you think about this overall plan? As far as the basketball part, I think it appeases as many people as possible. So I think it's uh, generally a lot of thumbs up on that side of things. Definitely worries about testing and just accommodations and, and all that stuff. I do think it's smart that the NBA pushed the calendar as much as possible so they can learn as much as possible so they can get also all their international players back, which Sean's mm-hmm. reporting that they're coming in on June 15th. Uh, players located internationally have to report to their markets. So that's sort of a, a built-in quarantine when they get back to stateside and, and then have to go down a few weeks later to Orlando. Uh, I think you just learn as much as possible by pushing the calendar as, as far as possible. And then also hope that those cases in Florida drop because they're on the rise right now. And so they're reopening as well. Uh, second phase of reopening in, in most counties in Florida is happening. So, you know, I think there's even a bit of a um, a cushion here. If things go terrible in Florida, you can just say well this ain't happening i mean there's there's i, I think the there's a emergency buttons uh built in here but i think we'll get to that later i i would give adam silver just because of the way he's handled the nba the benefit of the doubt on that side of things and yeah as far as basketball I, you know regular season i like it because uh, we'll call it the regular season but you know it's a tune-up i think it's combined with the, a lot of camp days they're going to be playing their best ball going into the playoffs. This isn't like 1999 where free agency starts and camp starts and guys are coming in and out of camp. I, I think everybody's going to be in shape and ball will be good for uh, the playoffs. And that play in tournament, it's a little weird to me. Uh, you know? <laughs> we, we, there's no reason to call it a tournament. I, I heard Zach yeah. talk about this. I mean, that's not a tournament. Yeah, It's, it's the it's perfect not. term. Mega Bowl is the perfect term yeah. for this. Uh, because is it a thing that's even going to happen? We don't know. Um, and that yeah, was fair. the main takeaway for me from this plan is that there's a lot of sizzle and not a lot of steak. Because there are so many things it feel like could happen, right? We've got this eight games preseason, regular season, tune-up, whatever you want to call it before we actually get to the playoffs, we could have uh, a race for the eighth seed. We could have a play-in tournament in both conferences. There are a lot of things that could happen. The likely scenario, though, is that we're going to have one through eight in both conferences and then play four rounds of of best-of-seven basketball. So, I mean, you know, we've batted around a whole bunch of proposals uh, over the past two and a half months, and this one definitely looks like there's a lot going on especially you see a number like 22 and it just feels like they must have figured out a whole bunch of something but to me you know when it all comes down to it when we're actually playing playoff games it seems like it's going to be pretty straightforward compared to what we've had in the past yeah it's uh it's going to be fun if it all goes to plan and that means if nobody you know suffers down there or contracts a virus it certainly doesn't go through a team and if the if the uh, tournament is fun and if the regular season games are fun and then the playoffs are competitive and fun then it's going to be a a great thing for the nba to pull this off i'm i guess a little uh pessimistic at this stage because it's still so far away from really seeing this any games and then just to sort of see if they can actually go through with the entire two months or whatever it is in total uh of how long they're proposing now i know they're sort of uh flexible with a lot of those dates there which is a good idea to sort of be like that and they don't have all the answers right now which is also understandable i think mainly they just wanted to say we want this is what we want to do we're going to, we're planning on coming back but they still have to still uh figure out a few of the details which is fine but certainly it's um it, it's brought about 
some good news in the grand scheme of things considering the week we've had. And I hope we don't lose sight of what has happened over these last seven to 10 days because this is exactly the sort of thing that tends to distract people away from those broader causes. And I, and I think that's very important to remember right now. So um, I, I'm hopeful. Uh, I, I'm, I'm optimistic that it can happen. But, you know, I'm sort of seeing a lot of people saying, oh, the NBA's back, we're back. And I, I just wouldn't go that far just yet. I think there's still uh, lots of things need to be figured out. And, and mainly, and most importantly, to make sure that it's safe and that uh, everyone can, can get down there and, and be ready to go when the uh, NBA's proposed date sets in. Silver in a statement did say, you know, we also recognize that as we prepare to resume play, our society is reeling from recent tragedies of racial violence and injustice, and we will continue to work closely with our teams and players to use our collective resources and influence to address these issues in very real and concrete ways. And he, of course, did address the pandemic as well. And we're going to learn more about safety, uh, you know, protocol and what they're going to do, I think, in the in the coming weeks here as they ramp up. And like Tass said, it's almost, uh, you know, because you're, you're seeing a lot of people go, well, why are we taking so long to start this, right, even? Like, you know, why? July 31st? Really? What? I mean, especially when we start looking about, well, when's the season going to end? Oh, mid-October? And then there's the draft and free agency? And when do you think of starting the next season? December 1st? Like, there'll be no off-season. But I, I think you're right, Tassa. At least that time, <laughs> as much time as you can give themselves to slowly ramp up and get back, not only into basketball shape, but just to figure out the dance of testing and again safety protocols and stuff like that you can't can't just assume that's going to go flawlessly right i mean that's going to take some work and uh really really uh calculated and uh planned out effort by a lot of people a lot of moving parts of course so that's uh I, you know look i think like a lot of us would be great if basketball was back two weeks from from today but i get why that you just need these these long sort of uh just weeks on end to get there uh, safely as possible as possible um i will say i wish we didn't have all the conversations about world cup stages and all these other fun ideas because in the end this is pretty straightforward um it's it, i don't even think i don't know maybe we will maybe it's the pelicans or blazers especially with the blazers like full squad basically really do uh push the grizzlies and get in there and we get the mega bowl um but it's very possible we don't. It's really because you know Grizzlies are up what three and a half, and yep. mm-hmm. the Magic are up even more on the Wizards. Like the Washington Wizards are, like I don't know what the percentage would be, but it's so unlikely they're even in a play-in Mega Bowl game where they have to then win twice in a row to get in. So that's not happening. It's just like it's it's weird. I know that they want some of these teams to have their players there, and if they're going to be there, then give them a reason like Damian Lillard had made it very clear well I'm not gonna play if there's no reason to play well here's a reason and we like the Zion bump and that's the thing right we have 22 teams because it's all it's money mm-hmm. it, that's truthfully what it is here they they couldn't go 30 because that at some point gets just too dangerous and maybe too silly when you got teams that are already eliminated from the playoffs for crying out loud but this at least gets you still a lot of games so I saw yeah Bontemps and Windhorse if the remaining mm-hmm. 259 regular season games had been canceled. The players were going to lose $645 million in salary. But adding, you know, 88 games back into the schedule at least reduces the collective uh, salary loss by like $300 million. So they they get to use these games as a warm-up and you still make some money. 
And, uh, and, and you still prioritize the results of, of the first six months of the season. I think that's the big part, too. Um, does this seem fair? Yeah, I think it sort of does, right? Tass, like you, this is the at least if you put any weight into the regular season. Yeah, that's why I think the uh, I'm sure there was a lot of people against a lot of uh, owners and teams against the the uh, World Cup group idea because it would just sort of put the Lakers and Bucks into the same group as a, a Blazers and just kind of you know mix it all up and basically deem the regular season pretty pointless. So I, I think mm-hmm. that's why there was tons of pushback on that side. Uh, yeah, the 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 players, I, I like. If you're the Grizzlies, I think they were the team that probably had the most worries going into these uh, these talks as the eight seed in the West. Uh, but um, I think you know, unless unless there is a huge, huge, huge fall off for them, unless they screw up big time, they will at the very least be in that play in tournament, and somebody has to beat them twice. They just have to win one of two games. Um, so I, I think it's yeah it's fairly fair uh, across the board. A lot of it's about money. The players still get I think they get their maximum of fifty one percent BRI, which is lower because there's less money coming in, but um, they get their their share. Uh, the it's it, I think it would be weird to have a potential play in tournament in the West, but not in the East. And I think that's why the Wizards are invited to this thing. <laughs> um, but it's still strange. They're five and a half back. They had the toughest schedule the rest of the way um and so i think they're going home early i guess the the nba didn't want an odd number because the suns are invited and so they didn't want to make it 21 but it doesn't make any sense that the suns are 13th in the west and six games back and they're there i they didn't want to call, have any sort of blackjack 21 reference i guess uh, in the end like this <laughs> it's weird for them to be there uh but i i i i, I get if you're a 9 to 12 hey you know, we think we got a shot, mm-hmm. and the Pelicans did have an easy schedule the rest of the way. Uh, the Blazers, you said they voted no because they probably wanted more games, uh, and and they would have loved the group stage. Apparently, according to reports, yeah, they wanted a different format. Yeah, group stage: Damian Lillard versus LeBron James in a sort of one, you know, single game uh, to to make the playoffs. You know, some weird thing that could have happened to the Lakers or something like that in the group stage. Of course they want that. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I, I think the better teams probably voted against that. And uh, I think there's a couple extra teams going down there, it sure feels like. Um, the Wizards are going to be there for two weeks, and then they're going home. I mean, they're not good against good teams, and it's only good teams that are going to be there. <laughs> and so same thing with even 9 through 12. There's not going to be, I don't think, a lot of uh, varying records between those two te- between those teams because they're bad against the good teams as well if you look at their records. So. It's going to be pretty close to not having one in, in either conference. Yeah, John Hollinger said uh, in his piece analyzing what was going to go down, if Washington goes 4-4 four and four or worse, the East probably won't have a play-in. Good luck going better than 4-4 four and four against all playoff teams. In the West, Memphis is so far ahead that if they finish one game ahead of their rivals, there's not going to be a West play-in either. So it's fair from the standpoint of uh, the top eight teams in each conference are most likely going to be making the playoffs, but... You know, as a Bulls fan, I look at a team that came in and said, we're trying to make the playoffs this year. They didn't even get invited to the 22-team <laughs> pseudo-playoffs. They weren't even the 23rd team, so it's not fair from that standpoint. But, uh, <laughs> you know, there are some exciting things that could happen. To me, the Wizards got invited just because you can't take only Western Conference teams. So once they invited the Wizards, since they were the closest, 
you had to even it out. You're right, Tassie. 21 sounds even stranger than 22 does. Um, there's no reason for Washington and Phoenix to be there specifically, but you know we would have to see some pretty incredible comebacks from Portland, New Orleans, Sacramento, and San Antonio to even make it a run at the Mega Bowl. Yeah, that's true. But what will be interesting with the schedules these teams are going to be playing, and they're just going to be like sort of, from 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 my understanding, like playing out the regular season, but not counting, of course, the eight other teams that are not down there in Orlando, right? So it's like you're literally like are looking at your schedule and it's like, okay, now I have that team, so we'll play them, you know, at one of these uh, one of these courts down there at Walt Disney World. But it'll be weird as that that those eight games move on. And potentially teams lock in their spots, let's say, like, like especially when you look at the Lakers or Bucks, like, what will, they, they would be stupid in a way to want to play their main guys, of course, heavy minutes, if at all, in game four or five or six, if they feel like they're feeling pretty tuned up, they're like, they're not going to risk Giannis or LeBron getting hurt. Um, and that could benefit a team, oddly, like uh, one of these teams trying to chase it. Like, it's going to be this weird thing, like, yeah, all the teams are good there. But you know there's going to be some sitting of guys, right, Lee? In, in terms of well, like when, when we got our seed wrapped up, we're probably good. I mean, it's uh, it's possible, I guess. But I would think under these circumstances, the more games, the better. Just to just to keep the skills, to, you know, tuned in and and have the guys ready to play a little bit more. Um, you know, I know that's what teams do towards the end of the regular season they sort of start to rest some guys and have them fresher for the playoffs. But I think when you've had four and a half, potentially five months off you probably just want to keep the guys out there playing. I mean, certainly, I guess not in a back-to-back situation because there'll be potentially some of those. But otherwise, I would think that the players will probably pretty much play, you know, most games, I would expect. I don't think you're going to see Giannis play three or four games and then sit for maybe the remaining four or five uh, and then have him start fresh in the playoffs. I think maybe the game before, perhaps. Um but it's just so it's just so unknown because you know some guys are going to come back in really good shape and other guys are going to take a little bit longer to get back in shape and mm-hmm. I guess that's that's what it's going to be determined. Um, one thing that's been interesting, I, I saw a report out of the uh, German Bundesliga saying that they've had a lot more players pick up sort of post-game injuries. Um, so so in that respect, I wonder how the NBA will be monitoring other sports just to see how to manage their players a little bit better uh, to make sure that guys you know who, who haven't played for so long come back and then all of a sudden are playing intense games, whether or not they... Uh they do look for a, a way to try to limit that sort of impact because, um, you know, obviously if any, someone comes back, they don't want to suffer a bad injury. So there's just so much unknown and, and it's going to be experimental from every team. And I guess it's going to be a sort of case-by-case situation, how they handle it. So what is the schedule going to look like? Well, Windor says that there's going to be up to seven games per day played over roughly three weeks during this sort of August regular season which, uh, you know, we're calling these seeding games, and that there likely will be weekday afternoon playoff games during the first round, too. And Hollinger said, you know, we're talking a lot about the the Mega Bowl possibilities and these teams trying to chase the eighth seed and at least get into the ninth seed to force the, that those weird, like, you know, elimination games. But we should we should not forget to focus away from what he says, Hollinger does, the more genuinely interesting question of how much the standings could flip over the next eight games because that's the they are these teams are in a lot of these teams are in the playoffs like they're basically locks I think it's something like off top, I think it's like 12 or lock lock locks or something like that but 
In the East, you've got Philadelphia and Indiana. They're tied, but they're just a couple games back from Miami. And then in the West, it's insane between the seeds three and six. And whether or not they're sort of flip-flopping in the final eight games here. Denver, you know, third seed, two and a half game edge on the Rockets and Thunder. They're tied for fit. Like, Dallas is not out of going way up in the standing. So I could see at least this the seeding games, the regular season, whatever we're calling it, Hope from Silver's point of view is, yeah, not only do these games make us money, good. Not only do can we look at these games as, in a weird way, another preseason for some of these teams already in the playoffs. That's good because we want good basketball come playoff time, come the series. But maybe this will be exciting too. But then I say all that to go, well, what are they really playing for? I mean, you're playing for your opponent, but there's no home court advantage. <laughs> so it, you're not uh, gunning for the fourth seed. So you get the gate money for your home t- for your home games or anything like that, and have your fans there in a, in a potential game seven. So it's a it is a real weird, silly situation. But I guess those those teams uh, still you know one through eight are jockeying just as much as the teams currently out of the playoffs. And Skeets, you might get to choose your home court as well. They might let you fly your home court down to put it down. So never underestimate the the impact that having that wood underneath you has especially in a you know in a playoff situation um but i don't know i completely forgot what i was even talking about (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i think they bring those home courts down for the playoffs because it it, you know they're playing sort of summer league style during the quote-unquote regular season eight games each it's impossible to have uh the courts switched out but I could see I could see a Lakers the LeBron playing on the Lakers court round one of the postseason. You know they bring those sixteen courts down somehow and and get them swapped in. And uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think we're getting a play-in game in the West. I, I think the Grizzlies will be playing. You know, it could be the Blazers or or the Pelicans or somebody. Because uh, yeah, th- those teams also just have to. Because they're all sort of all mediocre. You can see them all going four and four, and that would mean you know if they if the Blazers or the Pels or the Kings play the Grizzlies equal if they have the same records, then one of those teams would be playing them, and then people are going to love Damian Lillard going up against John Morant potentially for a for a playoff spot. And what do you and what do you think of the advantage to the eighth seed, Tass? Um, where whereas the ninth seed team would have to win twice, it's not a it's not just one game do or die and you're in. It's not really like the MLB and wild card situations and stuff like that with their playing games. This is it's weighted to the eighth seed. Do you like that um, because it is a little more fair, or do you wish it was more just for all the marbles? I like the amount of marbles. I think it's I think you gotta <laughs> I think you have to weight it to the the eighth seeded team. Um, and and it could have been a, yeah a lot worse for the Memphis Grizzlies. I think they're fairly happy. They also had a tough schedule the rest of the way. Yeah, and so they are also getting their guys back and Jaron Jackson Jr. and and Brandon Clark. So I I think it makes sense to me. This is this is new territory for me. This is fun. This playing idea here. But I I would I would do that instead of ju- instead of the baseball style yeah it definitely makes sense from a fairness standpoint but you know from a marble standpoint how fun would it be to actually have that game be winner go home literally go home yeah yeah i i think again for when you're talking about the eighth spot 
why not make it a little bit more like that and just have it, you know, because ultimately they're going up against likely the Bucks or the Lakers. So um, make it a little bit more, uh, I think, more more on the line for that one particular game. I think that might make it fun. I think the, that's the important thing here for the NBA is to try to make sure that this is a fun, exciting, uh, however long it goes for. And I think there are ways, again, by experimenting with a few things without changing the format completely, I think this is an opportunity for um, for the NBA to create a little bit more excitement around it. So I, I, w- I would do it in this situation. I, I, I just, you know, I was someone who wanted them to go for the 1-16 to 16 seating and they're not going to do that. So I, I think it's okay to still try a few other little things and, and just sort of see what the response is to them because um, ultimately it, it's, you know, it's worth doing it now. It's worth trying it now while you have got a bit of a free hit worth maybe trying it is what we're at though with well that. yeah i mean every but everything is is a maybe i guess at this stage i mean um well no here's the thing it's almost it's almost unfortunate that the that the the conferences weren't balanced perfectly um and what i mean by that is that okay yeah the playoff teams okay so we got the eight and the eight and that actually ended up being balanced perfectly it was like okay well it happens to be that the 16 best teams records wise at least are eight from the west any from the east what's unfortunate is that then the teams after them are so heavily favored to the west five of these six teams coming the wizards being the only one it would have been great it would have been so perfect i really think and they would have tackled this maybe differently if it was three and three right like let's just say the hornets and bulls do have better records than i guess it would be like the kings and the suns and stuff like that and it would be so cool because then I think you could do like the, then it could be really a mini tournament for the eight seed. Um, again, could be weighted, might have to win, you know, more times than, uh, than the one time. It's not just single elimination, but we saw that proposal. Remember that was getting kicked around when there was talk of like mid season tournaments and stuff like that. Like there was a lot of talk about this little sort of like four team mini tournament. And I think that would have been really cool. Um, unfortunate. I get why they're not doing it again because it's just not it's like it's just not it's, it's it's not fair it really isn't fair to like a lot of these western conference teams that would just have better records than some of these crappier eastern conference teams but yeah it's just a it, this is just like a maybe potentially we get it and even then it's not like one game to get in so i guess the second game would be in theory very exciting if the ninth seed beats the eighth seed and then it's like okay next next game wins is in to just get probably be in four or five games yeah i was telling laura about what the plan was going to be for this and her first uh reaction when i told her about the potential win two versus losing one uh showdown was that sounds like gus macker and that's exactly what it sounds like (laughs) is you're in the battle back bracket of a gus macker tournament you just got to keep winning it's going to be a long saturday but if you pull it off you're feeling good that's so true the only time me and my buddies won the toronto tournament is we actually got to the final and uh, we had played so well that year that we ha- we could have lost the first game in the final and then they would have had to beat us again. And it didn't happen. So we won. So it was anticlimactic is what I'm saying, Lily. It was boring. We just won the well, championship. Yeah, but, it's over. Yeah, but I mean, that you know, you just never know how a game is going to turn out. No, I mean, no. if that... If that play-in game came down to a, like a March Madness buzzer beater shot, I mean, people would go, this is the greatest thing ever and they have to do this going forward. If it's boring, it's like, okay, no harm done. We tried it at, at, at a time where we had the chance to do it and it didn't work out. But of course, trying to predict any result of any game is virtually impossible. Any We've seen some crazy 
<laughs> finishes to games that are the most two boring teams going out. If you have a great game, you have a great game. It's that simple. And mm-hmm. you know, um, you think about you think about the finals over the years. Like let's go back a couple of years when it was the Warriors and the Cavs, four game sweep, boring as anything. You know, the year before that, five game sweep. But we had some great other games throughout the playoffs. It's just it's just the way it goes sometimes. So I think there is. Uh, you know, th- this is the time uh, to experiment a little bit just to sort of give the fans something that, that people have talked about for a long time that they would love to see. Yeah, as far as uh, exper- experimentation goes, as far as that goes, in terms of getting the audio feed through the games that we've talked about, like, there's no fans, let's get it. I heard Chris Vernon bring up a pretty good point that, of course, it would have to be on delay so the NBA yeah. could blurt out anything they don't want to hear, censor anything they they don't want fans to hear but the problem in that is live betting there would be a a whole whole issue with having a delay and still being able to wager on the magic coming back or whatever um so that ain't gonna happen either yeah Yeah. i mean i guess you can put a warning out before the game though too can't you say you you (laughs) might hear no i mean in all honesty it's like listen you might hear some things here so just to let you know because again it's an emotional game and that's how players respond because also, you know, talk about live betting. I mean, yeah, we will see the results of things on Twitter and stuff anyway from the people who are there. So, you know, that's going to affect it. You know, if people are watching at home and they're like following Fred Katz on Twitter, Fred's going to have all the scoops. As wait, wait, happen, Fred so. Katz ain't going down there. Oh, I've got a scoop. I've got a scoop. I think oh he might goodness. be there. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, that is a great point, though. Yeah, you're really going to have to avoid Twitter if yeah. there is uh, some media people there. And yeah. some of these, and some of them, uh, both men and women, do. You're right, sort of almost play-by-play action. That's yep. a real spoiler situation. Yeah, yeah, but uh, but again, I, I'm I'm excited to see those things and see how the viewing experience is different. Whether it's better or worse, I'm excited to see. And and over a good window too, over two and a half months or whatever it is. And and I know I think they're saying that families will be allowed uh, in the playoffs and not before then. And I wonder if there will be any allowance of uh, you know some sort of fans, maybe at like uh, to, to some degree in the stands. Because I think that will just be a good way to, for us to, to watch the game and, and enjoy the game from a different perspective that we've never experienced before and see if it's better, worse, or not that much of a difference because uh, we just don't know at this point. Um, I know, for example, in Australia, they played one round of Australian rules football without crowds and people didn't like it, but that's only one game, you know, one round. So maybe, maybe after a couple of days and a couple of weeks, we get used to it and it doesn't really affect the viewing experience all that much. Yeah, yeah, maybe. You have a few more maybe. Fosters, a few more VBs, and that second round gets way better. How, how, maybe. How would it, I mean, it's how not. Would it, I'll tell you right now, it's not. It's, I mean, it's going to, I think, I think the first couple of games, days, whatever, is going to be, wow, this is unique, and this is really cool. Basketball's back, and again, hopefully everyone's healthy, and, and everyone's safe, and, and, and there is no you know spreading of the virus and stuff like that. I think that's going to wear off really quickly, Lily. I hope I'm wrong, but I think you're going to be like, damn. I mean, just try and wrap your head around like a game winner in an empty arena. Yeah, I know. I It'll know, be but strange. It just won't I, be as good. I, I know, but, but I think if you get to that point of the game, if it's a close game and it's a game winner, you might be just invested into the game at that point and, and it doesn't make a huge difference. I mean, until we see it, until we watch it, we just don't know how it's going to be for us at home watching it on TV or, or our computers. I mean, being in the arena could be significantly different for the players, but for us, 
I mean, yeah, maybe. maybe not. Who knows? I mean, yeah. and again, that, that's what I'm looking forward to. It's just like, no, it's not just going to be like one game over one weekend or anything. It's got, we've got two months, so we're going to get used to it. It's a good sample size to at least experience it. What um what facility are you most excited to see them play in? The arena, HP Fieldhouse, or the Visa Athletic Center? Huh? Oh well, how can you split those three? I mean, three great arenas. Um, which one really? We need to find out which one's the Cox Pavilion and which one's yeah. the Thomas and Mack Center. Really, that's all it comes down to. Because you always want to watch in the Thomas and Mack Center. I think over the Cox Pavilion myself. But so, I don't know. I mean, the Visa Center. Wow, what a what a spot that. <laughs> yeah, we will see. Uh, uh, yeah, if- I still don't know which which is which, and I've been to summer league several times, and I'll, I'll never <laughs> learn. I don't care to learn which is which, but I think there's a reason why they got rid of the Orlando summer league. I mean, partly because Vegas just took over, but partly is the the reason is it ain't fun watching without fans, and I think you know this isn't is it's it's just not going to be. It's but I think that's different, good. though. But I think it's different when you're talking summer league versus actual games right. that matter. There's nothing really on the line. Yeah, and you don't, you barely know most of those players. Yeah, and and if you true. do know them, they're either rookies or they're journeymen trying to get their way back into the league. I mean, if you're seeing Giannis and LeBron go at it, I think that's significantly different to, to watching uh, you know a summer league game, especially as well like when you consider for us what summer league the experience was. It was at the end of the season when it was just like game after game of meaningless basketball, whereas now these games are going to be star players going at it battling for something and competing for something so obviously we won't well i don't expect any of us will be there in person but um i think that is going to change uh the fact how we watch it and the fans not being there is not going to be the same as it is in uh, orlando summer leagues in the past yeah well there's maybe we just have no fans next year then just go let's go fanless It'll be that exciting. Just well, go, we, uh, we might have that for all we know. Yeah, that could be on. That could be in yeah, play for possible. sure. I mean, all right, we got lots more still to discuss, but first a quick break. During quarantine, it's been cool to rock the grungy look. You know what I mean? Not getting our hair cut, letting our beards grow out, and just generally becoming a bit scruffier than usual. And you know what? That's fine. Above the belt, but what about below? Because that's a different story. You still want to be presenting that part of your body in the most clean-cut way for your partner. And Manscaped is here to make sure of it. Manscaped is forever changing the grooming game with their perfect package 3.0. It's precision engineered tools for your family jewels. This third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to prevent manscaping accidents. Shaving is about to be nick free thanks to Manscaped's advanced skin safe technology. And once you've given yourself a bit of a trim, You can try the Manscaped Crop Preserver, which is an anti-chafing deodorant and moisturizer to finish the job. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code THEATHLETIC. Did you know that people on average have to wait around 29 days to see a doctor in major US cities? That's basically a month. Heck, that was a month. February 2020, leap year, never forget. And if you're dealing with a condition like erectile dysfunction, you want treatment ASAP. That's why our friends at Roman have spent years building a digital platform that could connect you with a doctor licensed in your state, all from the comfort of your home. Roman makes it convenient to get the treatment you need on your schedule. Just grab your phone or computer complete a free online visit and you'll hear back from a US licensed physician within 24 hours. 
And if the doctor decides the treatment is right for you, Roman's Pharmacy can ship your medication to you with free two-day shipping. You also get free unlimited follow-ups with your doctor anytime you have questions or want to adjust your treatment plan. With Roman, there are no commitments and you can cancel anytime. So if you're struggling with ED, go to getroman.com slash no dunks for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's getroman.com slash no dunks for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. I heard um, this is a minor you know, issue, if you want to even call it an issue, it's not. But I thought it was an interesting point, Danny LaRue on the Dunked On podcast. What impact could these eight regular season games, seeding games, have on awards and all NBA teams and stuff <laughs> like that? Like, will it have any? I thought I thought such a, I hadn't even thought about it, so I was interested to get your guys' take. Because, like, on one hand... On one hand, people might be like, this doesn't count at all, all right? Like, this does, these eight games don't matter. Sorry, uh, there's no race for any of these awards. They're already wrapped up. And then on the other hand, could there be like this super, super recency bias? If Damian Lillard comes back and scores, you know, like, I'm just using him as an example, but you know what I mean? Like, 45 a game and gets the Blazers in the eighth seed and they are into the playoffs, like... I don't know. Could that impact him in an All NBA ranking or stuff like that? Uh, trade? You have a have you thought about that or have a take on that? I hadn't thought about it, but my first uh, my first inclination is to say treat it like the lottery odds. Everything was locked in on March 11th. You can't take anything into account with regards to the votes. But then my mm. second inclination is maybe this is the year when regular season and postseason all factors into the awards because Whoa. these are basically two different seasons that they're playing in at this point. Um, with the way you know the schedule is going to be set up and how they're going to be playing a bunch of games during the day, things that are abnormal for a standard NBA season. So take the whole thing into account. You know, uh, the way players play after the lock, uh, the shutdown is going to be a lot different than the way they did prior to the shutdown. So I, I think they both factor in. So that's the question, Tass. If uh, if the Bucks and Giannis go zero and eight in these uh, eight games and, and the Lakers and LeBron led by LeBron going 30, 15 and 15 go eight. No. Can LeBron win MVP? <laughs> well, I think, I don't know. Who knows? No I way. Know. Right. There's no way. <laughs> well, there's LeBron's getting votes no matter what. Well, yeah, but I mean, win the thing or something like that. I just mean, can any, can any of the awards and all NBA teams be influenced by these final eight regular regular season games not the playoffs like trey's saying because that's something different but yeah just the final how are you going to be able to separate them though yeah i mean i know they are seeding games versus quote-unquote playoff games but it's all going to look the same yeah no you're right yeah i this is i don't think they're going to do this and i actually think voters will be like sort of almost in a weird way ignoring all of this restarting you know it's like it is sort of like well who did you have at March 11th? Was that your MVP? And who is your sixth man? And who is that? All right, well, then then lock them in. That's it. Because yeah. they are locking it in, correct me if I'm wrong, with the lottery teams, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. people are asking, well, what happens if the Grizzlies go 0-8? And, and are you know, they slide past other teams. Like, are they in the lottery? You know, like, where do they fall? But the answer is no, right? It's, it's those 14 teams as of March 11th are, the, are your lottery teams. Yeah, definitely. I thought on, on the Wizards side, they don't play good teams all that well. They're five and a half back. They would have to get within four back to uh, to make it. So 
I thought you could drop a couple spots. If they go 0-8, yeah. you could drop a couple spots. The Big Panda, is that Bradley Beal's nickname? What's oh, the yeah, Panda, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, and he's he's known to balloon a little bit when his uh, wife was pregnant and gained some <laughs> sympathy weight. He probably took a couple months off, just go 0-8. But, yeah, unfortunately for them, they can't, and they're going to be going for the playoffs, which is really strange. Uh, and they could actually catch the Brooklyn Nets. I mean, they're yeah. – they're only uh, a half game up on the Orlando Magic for 7-8 there. So uh, I think the only thing that matters in these eight games, there will be jockeying for seeding. That'll definitely change the eight seeds for sure. But as far as like individual accolades, I think LeBron getting closer to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is, is the only thing that really matters. Uh, you know, He's going to get to put some more points on the board uh, before he, uh, you know, before the season ends and probably catches Kareem in a couple of years. I think that's, I don't think any awards hang in the balance. I doubt it. Yeah, I tend to agree with that. Jeff Zilgit, he pointed out some remaining steps that sort of need to be cleared here still. I said the first one, it is the NBA Players Association and Players Union. They have to agree to this proposed format. That's going to happen tomorrow. It's just formality because they've been, you know, in the loop here with uh, Silver in the leagues, you would assume at least. So that, that'll be fine to go with that. They do need to get sign-off from Florida health officials. They need to finalize an agreement with Disney on the use of the complex and those three courts and all that. And of course, and uh, we can get to this now, there needs to be completion of a comprehensive COVID-19 health and safety protocol. And Henry Abbott at True Hoop um, and others um, have been sort of asking the hard-hitting questions because the league has been, and maybe it's on purpose, but they've been pretty mum on how they are, you know, what what they're doing to to tackle all of this and minimize the coronavirus risk. And what is the science even behind them feeling safe enough to reopen the NBA? And what happens when someone, you know, knock on wood, it doesn't happen, but maybe does contract the virus and, and it spreads in a team? Like, there are a million, million questions and we don't know really any of the answers yet. Um, and I know you guys had already sort of alluded to it there off the top, Tass and Lee, especially like the concern of uh, of the virus, which is still a real thing. And, and yeah, and the numbers are going up in Florida. So why do you think Tass, why do you think Silver's been maybe so quiet with that? He's just not ready to speak on it yet. And they're just quiet, you know, have quiet confidence with their numbers and, and all their, you know, all the tests they've done and, and to get ready for everything. Well, I don't think they know the final plan. I don't think they should know the final plan. Uh, It's such a fluid situation. And I I think also, you know, they received a bit of blowback in the the March area. As soon as um, everybody was tested from a a few of the teams, as soon as the season was canceled, um, they were getting tests before regular regular citizens in the U.S. And, and, you know, that was obviously... uh, a negative blow for the the NBA that you know the powerful were getting tests before everybody else and, and so at, at this point with numbers going up I don't think it it really benefits anybody number one number two I think you're just leaving yourself out for criticism um, you, you're just setting yourself up for the holes in the plan that everyone's going to criticize only for it to change a little bit later on mm-hmm. and that's okay for it to change a little bit later on to get the best uh, possible plan um, and, and so I think that's really it. Uh, I don't really think that there's any ulterior motives going on. Uh, I, I think Adam Silver has, he's earned the benefit of the doubt with me watching the NBA and covering it for so long. Um, and, and so 
it's a plan that's going to change. You announce it now just so people can just poke holes in it. Uh, I understand people are looking at those numbers in Florida and are worried, and I'm sure I'm, I'm positive the NBA is as well. Mm-hmm. This is a business. There's no doubt about it. If you wanted to be safe, everyone would stay home. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, yeah, they're weighing both sides, and there's info to be gathered these next couple of months as, you know, as you're talking about getting down there. Um, you know, trying to understand the uh, the situation down there, so it's above my pay grade. But I, I don't think it's uh, I don't think it should be concrete right now, and so it's kind of dumb to me to announce it. And uh, I think they've they've sort of given themselves a little bit of wiggle room. Like if things go awry in Orange County, where Orlando is and Disney is, I mean, you can pull out. I, I don't I think that's uh, I think that should be an option because it is a fluid situation. I think one of the issues that um, players are facing is that they're going to have to be tested every day, mm-hmm. and the most effective test is still that nasal swab, which is pretty unpleasant by all accounts. And they want to try to find a different way to be able to test the players. But I think that's the thing that the NBA can't really. Um, negotiate on it's like they need to make sure that every player is tested and is basically negative every day because if you go a couple of days without testing somebody and all of a sudden someone has it then that has the potential to just shut the whole thing down again so I think the players are trying to find some way of maybe getting around that perhaps Um, and that's something that the NBA as I say they've, they've got to be very careful that they don't take any risks or chances with that part of this this whole idea because again it, it, we know how quickly this spreads and how contagious it is and if players aren't doing what they're supposed to do and, and i think it goes for everybody who's in the arenas they have to be tested every day and have their temperature oh yeah we're taken. talking about employees at the disney yeah. resort yeah yeah and now now taking your temperatures obviously nowhere near as invasive but um uh-huh. you know I, I understand that people don't want to swab up their nose every single day but if that's what it takes then they're going to have to do it unless they have some other way of, of detecting or testing the players um, that, is, that is basically uh, going to give you back an accurate result. So um, that's going to be an interesting little, I think, uh, battle between perhaps the league and the Players Association to see if, uh, see if, if, if there is any sort of um, you know, attempt by the players to avoid having to do that every single day. Um, because, but I think that's, that's at, at a minimum that's what's going to be required. Yeah, it just seems to me that the NBA is doing their best to bring in as much data as they can to make the best possible decision at the latest possible date because we are all giving them the benefit of the doubt, and I think that Adam Silver has earned that. But you also look at the league and you see that they're bringing six teams that they don't need to bring. Right. Uh, right. That's another 300-something people who are going to be um, inside of the bubble campus. Uh, so I, I just would imagine that they are getting their ducks in a row and they want to be as up-to-date as possible as they can at the very last moment so that they can make the right decision. Because Tassa said it a few times, you know, if, um, if the numbers are pointing the wrong way and if they don't feel safe, there's still an opportunity to pull out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they say, too, if a player tests positive for the virus, hopefully it doesn't happen, but if it if they do, that the league, their intent would just be to remove that player from the team, quarantine them, treat them, and then continue to test the rest of the team and members mm. of, the, of the personnel and stuff like that. Like the idea is like if one person gets it, it's not push the big red button, shut it down. It's yeah. 
we can cope with this and uh, they can go into quarantine and, and again, test all the other players. And, and same goes for the employees if it happens with an employee at Disney Resort or whatever. But yeah, yeah but that's I why think, I think that's why I think it's impo- so important that they are tested every day so that they oh, can get yeah. on top of it immediately rather than be, you know, a day or two behind if, if that was the case. Yeah, we'll see. It's uh, again, there's uh, still a lot of unknown. And I think you're right, Tass. I, I get what you're saying about you know, Silver's being asked these questions. And I think they're fair questions. Like, I'm again, like I highly recommend everybody go read what Henry Abbott wrote with his True Hoop newsletter asking, I think he said something like 20 questions to the league. And 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 they, they do need to be answered eventually. I, I understand that uh, maybe not now because it's so fluid and it is always changing. Um, and why just sort of like just box yourself into a corner when you don't need to. But at some point, they have to. There's got to be the plans for all these uh, unfortunate incidents if they were to occur. So I think we'll get it. I, I'm not saying we won't. I don't think we're just going to be like, well, we'll just play it by ear. <laughs> like, we're not just going to get all down there. I really, really, with the amount of time they've had and, and the resources they put into this, you would think they, in theory, almost have a plan for everything. But, wow, you it would be wild if one team suddenly it, it does you know, break out in. And it's like, well, what do you do then? You just remove the entire team? Like, it's like fascinating to think of. And again, I, hopefully it's uh, it's far-fetched on my thinking and that doesn't happen at all, hopefully. But uh, yeah, I guess like, it's possible. Uh, other leagues are, I think, uh, a good example or, or, or a good uh, testing ground for the NBA as well. I mean, I think this time allows them just to watch other leagues and what's going on around the world. And so I think there's there's two lines of thinking with that. If uh, you know a bunch of players get it from one team, some doctors say you you if you're testing every day, you can just take those individuals off mm-hmm. the team. But the, the Korean Baseball League was saying you know, was thought if something like that happens, we're shutting down for three weeks initially. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's already changed in the Korean ba- Baseball League since they started a few weeks ago. So I think um, yeah, I, I, I think it's smart to just wait. And, and I even. Even those statements that they made the last May and, and April about a player coming out, um, I mean, I, I don't know what benefit that got, uh, that they were going to treat it essentially like an injury. Everybody else can play, but that guy has to be out. Like, it just it just gets more criticism for them. And, and I understand um, uh, Henry's thinking. At the same time, they're not playing yet. Uh, they're not going down yet. And, and so, uh, you know. I think it would just it, it would just make uh, Adam Silver a lightning rod, uh, you know, as soon as he announces things. And so, more time, more information to, for me. The NBA did deliver um, other dates to the owners on Thursday beyond this season window, uh, including the draft lottery, August twenty fifth, the draft, October fifteenth, free agency, October eighteenth, and possibly for next season, training camp starting November tenth. And JD possible opening night December first. I just wanted you to hear that, JD. We <laughs> might be uh, kicking up the season December first next year. Great. <laughs> <laughs> so August twenty five for the draft lottery. So we've got a good couple of months to come up with an idea then uh, before that kicks off. <laughs> <laughs> right, because we always have to you know, exactly yeah. come up with a fun idea to try and predict the actual draft lottery. Yeah. Good point, Lee. We got time. We do have time. But that is that is. Really, really crazy. Now, that December 1st, the restarting of next season, that's apparently fluid. That's not locked in. That's not when they're tipping. But that is a, wow, quick-ass turnaround. That is not much of an off season. 
for of course everybody and maybe that's just the way it's gonna be um because originally we thought well maybe they'll start on christmas or maybe even in the new year but uh they need to play games to make money it turns out (laughs) and uh december 1st whoo i mean i guess what i'm saying here is if anybody wants to take their vacation now, go ahead and do it <laughs> in these next couple of weeks. Tass, you want to take a couple of weeks? Where are you going to go? Ah, you ain't going to go anywhere. It doesn't matter, does it? <laughs> I'm going to uh, what, Animal Crossing. I can go anywhere I want in Animal <laughs> Crossing. <laughs> Where'd Tass go for his two-week vacation? Oh, he's just playing Animal Crossing. He's having a blast. Rhino though. Land. Do you get to name places in Animal Crossing? <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. It's a lot of real Sims. Lame. I'm going to play the Sims. (laughs) All right. So let's hear from you guys. Tweet at us at NoDunksInc. Hashtag NoDunks. Email in NoDunks at TheAthletic.com. What do you think of this 22-team format and the schedule that we know about at least right now and the Mega Bowl? Let us know if you're in on calling it the Mega Bowl. I don't even care if we call it like the Orlando, Florida Mega Bowl um, or the Lake Bay, Florida uh, Mega Bowl. Mega Bowl, I think, should stick. So let us know if you're thumbs up or, or thumbs down on that one. Guys, check out our film session podcast from earlier this morning with writer Dave Schilling. That was a blast. We broke down the 2008 basketball movie Semi-Pro, and we tried to figure out where it ranks on the Will Ferrell sports comedy chart. Also, guys, I don't know if you saw the tweets coming in. Someone uh, alerted us to the fact that back in, like, this, I think it was the 70s, um, 60s or 70s, the Philadelphia 76ers actually had a bear come (laughs) to the arena. And the bear, there's video. It's amazing. The bear would, like, fight fans. I think they sort of muzzled the bear, and this bear just straight up, like, wrestled them. And it, like, attendance skyrocketed. Like, they had (laughs) ten times the amount of people come out, and then it was suddenly, like, a thing. Skeets, I know you thought you could master the coin flip from Survivor, and as it turned out, it was possible. You think you could take down a bear in hand-to-hand combat at a basketball game? No, but the long-running question with my buddy Ken is whether he, not me really, he's a bigger, stronger guy, could he beat up a bobcat? That was always a, that was always a conversation. Could a man beat up a bobcat? I think the answer is yes, because I, I always thought a bobcat was bigger in my head, but it's not gigantic but of course it's i'm sure it's ferocious but a bear trade no way and i i couldn't even out tire a bear right because they're super fast i think so (laughs) what about a koala bear all that honey as well (laughs) yeah that's right what'd you say lee what about a koala bear i couldn't oh actually i was gonna say i couldn't but aren't they actually ferocious yeah they are they are very ferocious yeah don't don't believe the ones you see at the zoo where they're all cuddly and friendly i mean you get one out in the wide (laughs) yeah they're stoned off the eucalyptus it leaves that's all they eat (laughs) that's right that's right all right so go check out film session with dave Schilling. don't they eat bamboo no not koala bears that's panda bears eat the bamboo yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah, pandas seem a little more playful you know i think but uh, yeah, koalas have got really, really sharp claws, like super sharp claws. But they all spend all day up the trees, so they—that's why they need them so sharp. <laughs> all right, Clipper Bros. <laughs> you heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Uh, thanks for joining us. I remember the halftime act at the Mega Bowl, of course, Red Panda. <laughs> <laughs> Embrace the day, people. You could stay.